Hey yo, we about to tear it up. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Chris Mitchell, aka the professional pessimist, because I still don't believe you. Currently, I'm in a state of quarantine, which means I am locked up inside the house and I can't go anywhere. With that said, I want to shout out my co-host Sumit, who is somewhere in the Upside Down, hopefully keeping his hands clean. In his place today, I have someone who is very special to me. I've mentioned her on the podcast on so many occasions, and she's a friend of the show and a big supporter of the podcast. Please introduce yourself to our four listeners. My name is Roxy, aka the Biscuit Tea Bandit. Please elaborate on your aka. Why are you the Biscuit Tea Bandit? Because tea is not complete without biscuits. I agree. But imagine you could buy a tea that tasted of the biscuit without the biscuit. So, what's your biscuit of choice? Chocolate hobnob. That's a lie. No, it's not a lie. That's a lie. It's not. We've lived here for three years and I've never seen you bring chocolate hobnobs here. No, you've never seen them, but they've been here. So you're a secret eater then? Indeed I am. Secret hobnob bandit? Oh yeah. Okay. We're locked up in the house together. Um, If we could get out, I think we'd probably consider going to some kind of live show. Mm. So today we're going to be talking about live shows, what we love about them, what we hate about them, and we're even going to put together our own little festival lineup at the end. So let's go to the beginning and let's start there. Tell me about your first live show experience. You know what? For me, it's not straightforward because I think my first live show was as a kid. Uh, my family from Iran um, and I went to Iranian school every sa- Saturday. So um, we were forced to immerse in the culture. And as part of it, uh, we got these tickets to go to an Iranian concert. And it was a very weird experience. Where, where was the concert? I can't even remember. It was like a random hall somewhere. You know when they hire out a hall and then they get the band? It was, a, it was an Iranian shubs. Something like that. Something like that. It wasn't quite a shubs because it wasn't really fun. It was really depressing. It was actually really (laughs) depressing. So it's a style of singing that's very traditional with men in Iran. And they sing like this. It's like... It's a bit like they're crying and they're singing at the same time. Is it to a beat? Yeah, they've got like... It's not a beat, but it's like there's music in the background. Actually, I think there is a beat. Some percussion, some strings. Some, some diller in the background. <laughs> that would have been... Well, I bet if you chopped it up, it would be amazing. I can but, imagine, yeah. But yeah. anyway, going to this show, I had no idea what I was in for till I got there, went with a friend, and all I remember was we sat down. I mean, my grandma played Iranian music for us growing up, but it was not like this. Her stuff was happy, fun, good vibes. This was like depression. It was you sound traumatised. It was the sound of depression. Um, and we sat there and this man started singing and me and my friend were just cracking up the whole time. But it was rude, you know, we were, we were kind of rude. Everyone was looking at us like, why are they laughing? Like, what's so funny? But yeah, that was my experience as a kid. And then I'd say later on in life, probably um, around the age of 20, I started to go to shows by myself because I realised I had no social life. Yeah, I was a loser. No, not a loser. That's that's a, that's, quite that's, a, that's harsh. Yeah, it's kind of a strong... No, I wasn't a loser. 
I was just somebody that kind of relied on one friend's activities to be able to go out. So you was a big friend? I was not a big friend, no. Big friend, yeah. No, 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 no. far <laughs> from it. I think, you know, sometimes you have friendships where you're just always together mm. and you rely on each other. You're kind of codependent. But then I realised we weren't codependent. I was kind of dependent on her lifestyle. So when I realised she was always going to see guys and dropping me off. Um, like, like some kind of package. Literally, it was a bit like, ah, not today, Roxy. UPS thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically just went online and searched for loads of shows. And I think my first show I went to was a Pete Rock uh, set at the Jazz Cafe, which was amazing. And Pete Rock was your first time that you went out with your own money? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that would have been the first time with my own money for sure. So all these shows you've been to and, you know, what you can do in, in a minute is highlight some of the acts you've seen. Mm-hmm. What did that do for your, your, your social life and even like your confidence in terms of discovering yourself and your tastes and what you're into? Well, I mean, I always knew my taste. I always had confidence in music. That was never an area that was kind of uh, left uncharted. Mm-hmm. But going out to shows meant I got to connect with that in a different way rather than just being in my room or listening on my headphones, or my Walkman. It was literally being out and about and hearing it live. I loved that aspect of it. And, and I also loved the aspect of meeting other people who shared that interest and through going to shows, I made so many friends. Like, I, I literally mean most of my circle now um, are people that I met through music, which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, we're the same. Yeah. So list some of the artists that you've seen. Oh, God. Um, everyone from The Roots to Keith Sweat, Dwele, Ahmed Jamal, uh, Boys to Men, De La Soul, Guru, Method Man and Redman, Jizzar, B2K, Lionel Richie, Raphael wow. Sadiq, wow. Robert Glasper. You mentioned De La Soul. Yeah. I remember the time you went to see De La Soul. So it's contentious, guys. <laughs> so for, for the benefit of our four listeners, when Roxy and I were talking, and I put talking in air quotes because I don't think she was as interested in me as mm. I was in her. So uh, my niece was sick one day um, and I had tickets to go and see De La Soul. I couldn't make it because I had to look after my niece. So I gave Roxy a call. I said, Roxy, I've got these tickets to see De La Soul. Would you like to go? And she said, yes. What did Roxy do after seeing De La Soul? She decides to send me a picture of her and De La Soul and I am heated to this day. Why? Because it was just like... You should have been happy. You should have been happy that someone you cared for so much got to meet one of their favourite I hear groups. all of that. I hear all of that. But I still haven't mm. seen De La Soul. And it's the fact that you sent me the picture as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like you were mm. stunting. Like, was, rubbing my I, face in it. No, I was stunting, but I was not rubbing your face. I thought you'd be proud. I thought you'd be like, oh, wow, she, she got to meet them. That's great. That's all because of me. Well, that's the way I should look at it. Indeed. But I'm heated. Yeah. To this day. One day. You know your man, Deontay Wilder? To this day. (laughs) I'm heated to this day. So we've been to a lot of shows together. Who have you seen? Who have I seen? I have seen Wu-Tang. I've seen Pharrell Monch, Slum Village, Arma Jamal. I saw Mm. him with you. I've seen Little Brother, Mm. Lord Finesse, J. Rue the Damager, Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary. Uh, I've seen SWV. Faith Evans. Oh, I missed one out. Boys to Men. I've seen B2K. You mentioned B2K. Did I? Yeah, you mentioned uh, them. Okay, I saw B2K. Um, I, saw, I saw Foreign Exchange as well. I, saw, I was at their first UK show. So I've, awesome. seen, I've seen a few people. I've seen a few people. So based on all of our experiences, there's going to be things that we love and hate about live shows. I'm going to start with the things that I particularly like about a live show, and then you can follow up after me. Number one on the things I love about a live show, structure, 
and routine. What I mean by structure and routine is that I always think it's cool when particularly a group of people, whether it's like a, a, a quartet or, you know, a group that's bigger, if they come out onto the stage and they have a clear idea mm. of what it is they're actually doing, I, as a paying person, always appreciate when I, I get an impression that the artist has planned this show and is delivering this show based on a routine to say, look, we're going to be doing this here, we're going to be doing this here, but at the same time, it still feels spontaneous. To me, there's nothing worse than when someone just rocks up on the stage, they've, they've, they've not really thought the, the show through, and it's kind of like in between each song, yeah, we're going to do this track, DJ, play this track. There's just no synergy, no chemistry. I personally can't stand it, and as a, as a paying person, I hate those types of shows. Mm, You've got to have structure. I guess there is an art to the live show, right? Yeah. And, and, and you look at some of the biggest superstars out there you look at the michael jacksons who'd practice for months on end or even a beyonce mm. who filmed a documentary running of her- around in the garden singing <laughs> in tune yeah yeah and it's insane but i think that's what you want because i think if you fail to prepare for those shows and you get up there and you're moving around and you can't perform your lyrics it sounds trash absolutely it sounds trash it. And it looks trash actually yeah. so even when i perform my shows like with Imperial, we have a set list. Mm. So if you book us for like, I don't know, if our set is 45 minutes, we know what we're doing down to the minute. Like we've got keywords. You know, like if you're out on a date mm. or, or you, you know, you're with your partner and you want to get out, word. you have yeah. a safe word. So we have keywords. If I say, oh, you know, like Imperial and Kinetic is in the house. I know, I know that sounds corny, but <laughs> he'll know exactly what song to drop. We know our routines with the whole That's Nintendo awesome. thing. And it's just, everything is like a well-oiled machine. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing as well for the, for the crowd because everything is tight, it's well-oiled. And it also, it also um, puts us in a positive light with the promoters because they can say, well, these guys came, they were on time, they performed to the, the, um, the correct time as well, they didn't overrun, we might book them again. Hmm. So that's one of the things I really, really appreciate about a good live show. Hmm. Structure. And routine. Secondly, I love an artist that can perform and think on the fly. Mm. And what I mean by that, I'm from the era of you got to sound just like the tape. I love it when an artist or a group can kind of deviate and throw you off a bit, but in a good way. So one of the ad libs might be different, or a few of the riffs might change, or you know, there's a there's a difference in the drum pattern, or just just something extra that you don't necessarily get with the audio experience, and they give you in the live experience. Because those types of things, I, I think they stay with you. I remember seeing Farrell Munch at the Jazz Cafe. Um, he did an encore, and he came back out and he performed the light over Butterflies by Michael Jackson. Never heard that anywhere else. I've never seen it anywhere else, but it's something that stays with me. Always appreciate when an act can give you just just a bit more. Yeah, I think that's actually you just stole one of mine, which is the live versions of songs. I okay. think that's like, it's such an awesome experience to be able to hear something that no one else probably get to hear because it's not recorded. Um, I was listening to this um, clip of Bram and I earlier on and he said something and it really resonated, which is that, um, as long as you know where you're going with the song, it's okay to make it like a different journey on it. Mm. And that's what I love about live versions, whether it's the riff, the keys, something that just goes in there and you're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Uh, it always makes it that extra bit special. I, I agree. I agree. Um, the last thing, and when I say last thing, there's a way longer list, but I love when artists can surprise you with either surprise guests or um, guess who are like extra mm. on the billing so again um, I know I've mentioned it before but we went to see Farrah Monch and he brought out a surprise he brought out a surprise guest last time he was here so he brought out OC 
And I particularly, like, I lost my mind. As you, you love you, OC, yes, yes, You love yes, OC. Yes, Omar is my guy. Um, so when he came out, it just brought a whole different energy to the show. But I thought it was cool because it made sense because of their history and the songs they've done together and how their careers have kind of paralleled and intertwined. So as much as I appreciate when an artist can perform on their own, and I love those types of shows... But when they can give you a bit extra in terms of a guest or a mm. surprise guest, and it's not like a guest that you're just trying to squeeze in for, for squeezing's sake, it has to make sense. Yeah, it synergizes. Yeah, it makes sense. I love that. So that's my three. What's yours? Well, you stole one of mine. So I did not steal anything. No, you looked at my notes. I am the OG. You, no, you stole Respect it. Respect your OG, innit? <laughs> um, so I would say that for me, mine are slightly, I guess, slightly different to yours, my, my last two ones, which is... Um, Number two would be feeling the energy of the artist. Um, I mean, growing up, we didn't have social media. We couldn't see those small little interactions of them on their phones live or even photos as and when they wanted. I'm kind of glad we didn't, though. Yeah, I, I think in a way we were quite lucky, but it kind of preserved this kind of mystique and intrigue around what an artist was like. Definitely. So we saw them in Word Up, uh, in Write On, and we saw them on MTV. We were lucky enough to have MTV. I, I wasn't lucky enough. I had four channels. We had some German MTV for a very... <laughs> <laughs> you know when your parents don't want to pay for um, Sky and they get um, one of those satellites that for Iranian TV or foreign TV and then it came with some random... <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel you, I feel you. Um, so yeah, it was like we'd always see these artists on the screen or in magazines or in interviews, but it's words. It's not the same to really feeling someone's energy. So for me, seeing an artist on stage in kind of their natural form is something that I really love and sometimes it just brings their quirks out so mm. to the point of Farrah Monch I think when you see Farrah Monch he's different he's different <laughs> he's very different and you feel his energy but he's not just this guy that did Simon Says and mm-hmm. like this He's a big character, but his character isn't uh, like, say, MOP's characters, right. which are completely different, ostentatious, wild, rambunctious. Yeah, you like vocab there. CL Smooth, he's he's eccentric. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's eccentric. And then you have these other characters that you meet and you see on stage, and you're like, oh god, like you are so different to what I expected. So someone like a Jizzar, okay, who's just a bit uncomfortable on stage if I'm honest with you he that's doesn't, an interesting choice yeah, what he, word to use yeah I don't think he was fully comfortable on stage okay. or you see when I saw Guru live like his energy was he had really really good energy actually uh-huh. um, but he he was like a bit out of date with his movements he was moving the mic between his legs like you know like really old school style wow and you, I was just looking and I was going maybe this was really cool when he first came out <laughs> in, in, in the normal Mr Nice Guy days yeah but not so much anymore um, but yeah I think feeling the energy of the artist is, is awesome um, and I would say my third point is back to that's what we discussed a bit earlier on, you know, meeting like-minded people. I think um, music, especially when you have quite niche taste in music or you're stuck in a liminal period of time, uh, like you love golden era hip-hop mm-hmm. uh, and you feel like music has passed that day, it's so awesome then to go to shows and be connected with others who love and appreciate the same things Community. as you. Yeah, yeah. You, you feel like you're part of something. And as I mentioned, I made so many friends at those shows. I'd go to those shows alone as a girl. And I remember lots of people being like, oh, well, how do you go alone? Like, don't you think that's weird? No, it's amazing. And off the back of that, I met such great people, people who literally hang out with now and are my friends. And, you know, if it wasn't for those shows, I would never have met them. Have you ever been at a live show? You talk about, you talk about the friends you've made. Have you ever been at a live show where 
you know, things got a bit ropey, like, you know, the energy was bad with the people around you or... Yeah, of course. I think you have that at lots of different shows. I think there is always, actually, any show I've been to, there's always been some kind of elitist somewhere. Maybe once upon a time, I was the elitist too. What's an elitist? (laughs) Define it for me. I think, God, someone is a bit, bit like you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm high chest, though. No, no, you are high chest. I'm very high chest. No, no, I, I, I think you, you're not, you're not an elitist in that way. But um, snob level one hundred when it yeah, comes but, to music. Yeah, but but elitists, in my opinion, are not even snob level one hundred. It's like snob level one snob. You said, you said slob. Oh, yeah. that's deep. Snob. <laughs> I know. Snob. We're talking about taste. Sorry, guys. Not one's cleanliness. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you can tell what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Coronavirus got me thinking of slobs. No, like snob level one thousand plus. Um, been are the kind of people that look at you and try to see if you look the part to fit in there. Um, if you were to talk about music, they'd probably interject somehow and come up with some comment where it makes them feel really superior. When, when did you first hear hear of them? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. I don't mind that question, I but hate I hate it. I hate the intention it comes with to kind yeah. of say, "Oh, I heard about them first. True, true. It's the intention. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I never you. had. I never had beef or anything from my knowledge at um, a show. I'll tell you a bit later on a bit about things that annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, tell, tell me now. Oh God, Roxy's got her notes. She's, yeah, you can hear her notes. turning the page. What have you got to bait me up for? It's good. I've got notes too. Listen, listen, man. You hear that? You hear that? Look, man. Um, Look, man. Listen. listen. Okay. All right. So um, to that point, the things that really do grind my gears um, are, number one, people who do not get personal space at a show. They're going to get it now. Social distancing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're not going to have shows for a hot minute. This is true. Um... I guess for me, something that really irks me is, for example, if I have queued to get my spot at front stage because that's where I want to be. I don't want to be at the back. I didn't pay £30 to stand in the corner by the toilet and smell the toilets. I um, have paid to be front stage and to to kind of have waited for that time too. What I can't stand is if someone tries to push their way in and squeeze me out of where I want to be and then also try and push their partner in too. I can't deal with it. Yeah, that's rude. That's it's rude. rude. And it's happened, enough. even when we, when we saw Farrah Munch, it happened then. I had to push people out the way. Um, so yeah, personal space is important. That really irks me, especially if you've got bad body odour too. Like, uh, Especially if you're taller than me. Like, why are you pushing past me to stand up in front of me? Yeah, I never understood that. Mad selfish, like. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. I feel your pain though. You do? I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry this happened to you. And what, what I hate more is that if you're taller than me and you've got bad body odour and <laughs> your... And your face is in, in their armpit. Yeah. Oh God, please stop it. <laughs> and you're wearing a thick jacket as well. Please just take it off. Yeah, please. relax. Um, number two would have to be lacklustre performers. Um, I think to your point, there is an art to being a performer. Mm-hmm. It's not just doing the same rendition of a song on stage uh you've got to put some effort in it and i really can't stand performers that just make no effort and i remember for example i went and bought uh, an mf doom vinyl years ago um the food vinyl and it came great album fantastic album and it came with a dvd of him performing and i loved mf doom so i was like oh my god can't wait to watch this got home put it in on my um computer and i started watching it and i was like this is terrible he's a terrible performer all you see is a guy with a with a a mask uh, a bit of a gut and a t-shirt just walking around stage and talking in his monotonous voice it's very boring can i challenge you on that yeah go on what if 
it just didn't translate well in, in like a visual format. What if it was, you know, you're watching it on the DVD, mm. so it's definitely going to be different as as opposed to being there. Did that ever cross your mind? Or Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I think that, you know, actually, to be fair, for most people, MF Doom is not someone that's like this massive performer kind of guy. He's he's a performer, but he's got a mask. That's probably the biggest part of his performance and his lyrics. Um, so I guess maybe that just is how he performs and people must love that they love that side that he's quite uh deadpan in that way I mean, people are still going to see him even if it's not him on the stage well yeah it's partly because they don't <laughs> even know yeah they want am i gonna be the lucky one it's a bit like a uh, roulette mm. um but but for me i i can't stand that if i'm paying to see you please do not come out and do lame tricks or or just stand there so when i saw jizza for example sorry jizza i love you but well, i love you too I love you, Jizza. I just but... want to put this out there. I am Wu-Tang fan number one. And I do not stand by anything she's saying about you. It's all lies. And I don't appreciate it. I'm just letting you know, okay. Gary. Okay, Gary. You know what really pissed me off about the performance I saw of yours at the Jazz Cafe? You put your mic between a woman's breasts in the crowd. And you were putting it up and down. And that, for me, was kind of a representation of how poor your kind of showmanship was that you wouldn't perform but you'd have to kind of do that to a woman to garner some attention and and, and I just didn't like that so I don't like artists that are lazy with performance or go to kind of like really crappy standards to try and get interaction with the crowd there's lots of other ways you can do it right and I didn't like that. I hear but you. I did enjoy hanging out with you afterwards. Not not as a groupie, but with a group of friends. <laughs> Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Um, so that's number two. Number three of my least favourite things at shows is bad timekeeping. If I that's pay, one of mine too. Yep. If I pay for you to come out on stage at eight o'clock, please come at eight o'clock. Absolutely, okay, yes. You know what? If it's 8.30, I will turn a blind eye, but do not come out at 10, 10.30. We've got work in the morning. Got it, things to do. Even beyond that, I probably had to travel however far to get there in the first... I live in northwest London. Most yes. shows are not around here. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, tra- preach. I've travelled to get there. Chat the ting. And you come out all lazy. No apology. 10:30. No apology. And then you're asking me, why am I so boring? Or why am I not making an and effort? That you, and you can't hear me. Yeah. I paid. I can't hear you. you. I haven't heard you for two and a half hours, actually. Abs- I should on. be complaining. Come on. Come on. So my thing is, bad timekeeping is foul. And if you're a performer and you're always late, you're going to lose fans. Bond up. Yeah. I said, bond bad timekeeping. Well, I know, can... Don't get me started. Are you finished? Yeah, yeah. What are your ones? So you've you've used one of mine, um, which is poor timekeeping. Again, I don't want to labour the point, but yeah, bad timekeeping, it's... You know, for me in general, though, Rox, like, I get annoyed when people are late. Same. And, and I don't mind, like, you know, five, ten minutes late. But you know when people rocking up half a day late and them things? Like, half I can't, a day late. I can't, I can't live like that. I can't live like that. Artists who perform over their backing tracks is Ooh. a pet peeve of mine. Ooh, that's lazy. That's against the rule. Lazy. I do not co-sign this. I don't condone it. You might have to go back to the drawing board because that's not cool. Mm. Nope, it's not cool. I think it's a slap in the face to the people who have paid to come and see you. I remember when we were watching that, um, what's his name? B. Young. Yep. This brother on stage, top off with a backpack on, <laughs> talking about energy. Where's your energy? And he had no energy himself. Over the backing track. And I'm he like, was, huh? his voice was so flat and monotonous. Nah, this, that's not it. That's not it. Performing over back, your, your studio tracks 
or your TV tracks. It's just lazy. I could have stayed at home and listened to the tape. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind you rapping over an instrumental or singing over an instrumental. I mean, no, that's I, cool. I, I, that's I, prefer, cool. I prefer the live band. Me too. Me I too. prefer the live band Me by too. a mile. But there is something I do. I do like two turntables and a mic. I don't mm. ever want to get to a point where that becomes a non factor. Yeah. Because there are some artists who thrive in that kind of setting. And I, I, I like that sometimes because I really do believe there's depth in simplicity as well. Agreed. But if I had to pick, I would probably go for the live band. But if your DJ's sick, then I can choose the other. Yeah, I'm cool. It depends. That, that's it though. If you've got a really good DJ or if you're a DJ and MC duo, it's kind of like, I love it when the DJ's there. Like, it me too. It makes it awesome. Me too, me too. But performing over backing tracks is a big no-no. We really mm. got to do away with with that i think yeah. a lot of the younger artists are doing that, and i don't know why i don't know who's informing them or even have they got someone in their circle that would say listen man no don't do that work on your stage show work on presence work on connecting with your crowd i don't want to hear i don't want to hear the ad lib mm. and your mouth ain't moving yeah, it's mad that's it's much fans not knowing what time it is and when it's time to go home Ooh, what do you mean by that what i mean is this right when the show is over the show is over if I go and see, I'm going to pick a name out of a hat. If I go and see Pete Rock mm. and he's not done Troy. Yeah, you know it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah. So if, if we need to stay later than we plan to, to get to hear Troy, so be it. If he's done Troy, if he's done The Creator, if they've done um, I Got A Love, mm. why are you asking for an encore? Like, go home. What is wrong with people? Like, I'm not that type of person to be in the club. Oh, one more song. One more song. Go <laughs> home. The, the last train is coming. Go home. Mm. That's just a personal pet peeve of mine. I'm not trying to put a rule where there isn't one. Yeah. But yeah, fans who don't know when to go home. It's, just want to drag everything out. No, it's when they start saying really obscure songs right at the end. Like, do this song. Do, yeah, do that do song. Do that song from your demo tape. Yeah. And it's like, fam, mm, no. Fam, fam, fam. <laughs> Fam, no one knows this song, bro. <laughs> Relax. So yeah, not knowing what time to go home. I can't stand it. And I just, maybe, maybe it's just me sharing my age a bit. Maybe. I, I want to go home. It's late and I've got work in the morning. But I think we just need to know when the show is, when the show is over and, the, and let the experience be that. Do you know what I mean? We're trying, to, we're trying to just get more juice out of the squeeze and sometimes mm. it gets a bit dry. It does. What was the last live show you went to? Ooh, it was with you. It was Farrah Monch, OC and Jerry Dynamic. That's right, that's right. What did you think of the show overall? Um, I liked the show. I, th- I think it was... Look, okay. I liked it overall. I think Farrah Monch is an amazing performer. Um, yeah, he nailed it. He nailed it. He was really, really good. I found Jay Roo. I found him slightly annoying live. Why? I can hear you. <laughs> he literally kept saying, I can hear you about probably like 30 times. And you actually, were, you were counting? Probably more than 30 times, to be honest with you, wow. if, if I had counted. But he's a great performer. So it's not even to the point of him being a bad performer. It was just irking me the whole time when someone keeps saying the same thing. It felt like a, a panto. It was a bit like a panto the way he was going on, mm-hmm. but his performance was banging. And I think when we, well, I guess we'd been speculating for weeks about who was going to be the special guest. And I did my detective work that morning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, t- t- tell them what I did. Tell, 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 tell our well, four listeners what I did. we kind of both been doing no, detective work. No, 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 no. But who got it right? No, no, you got it right. right tell but the story I would now. have Go been on. right too because she's pointing at me. 
I'm just letting you know she's pointing at me while she's talking. I'm she's getting aggressive. I would have been right too because I reached out to Prince Poe and asked mm, him. I reached out to Prince Poe. Mm. I did. I said, oh, are you coming? And he said, sadly, I was meant to, but I can't come. Um, so I won't be there. So t- tell the people how I turned into Colombo that morning. You saw, I mean, you'd always mentioned maybe OC would be there, which I thought would be awesome too. And why did I say that? Uh, because they've got, you know, got good music together. They're connected. It ma- There's synergy between them as artists. So it would make sense for them to be an, oh, and a good opening act. It's made me think what I can't stand about shows quickly is opening acts that do not match the live performance. Amen. Amen. I'm I forgot tired. about that. I'm so tired. tired. I'm Ti- I am tired. tired. I am tired. But, yeah. But to take it back to OC, you basically saw a, a clip of OC in an airport on yes, his Instagram. That's right. You stalker. Like, yes, me, me. And then when he said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm on the red eye," I got a pop up somewhere in twelve hours. I said, "Oh my god, OC's ah, coming! OC's coming!" I was so excited. You were. I was, I was so excited. Let's talk about uh, the best performers that we've seen. Mm. Who's in your top three? Best performers. Uh, okay, I would have to say I think on top of the list would be MOP. Uh, MO- Why? Oh, gosh, that they have energy. I think even if they're tired, they bring the energy. They could be ill and they'll bring the energy. Um, they've got great chemistry with each other. Um, they care about the crowd. They really get to participate in whatever they're doing um to the point that you know every artist when they perform somewhere they get like some kind of drinks just to keep them going they bought their alcoholic drinks out to give to the crowd and what did you drink that night i think of some kind of like covossier something like that it they was were mash up in it they were pouring shots for us in the crowd it was awesome was this the the show that i gave you tickets for no i think this was the one before then do you okay. want to say a bit about that show so again to impress you, uh, what I decided to do was I was working late one night. Um, I called up Roxy because I had press passes. Shout out to uh, Black Sheep Magazine. So I had press passes. I couldn't go that night because I was working late. Called up Roxy. I was like, look, do you want to go to MOP? Of course, she said yes. And to so, write a review of it. It wasn't just a true. go, right? That's it was, true. There was also some labor involved yes, in this. Yes, that's true. I put you to work. I put you, I, I put you, I put you to work still. <laughs> so yeah, Roxy went to see MOP. It was a great night. And I woke up the next morning uh, to a voicemail from, from Billy. Billy from MOP, he was like, yo, Kinetic, man, heard you at that jive-ass job. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've got a voicemail from MOP, and I still have it. It's in my email. Yeah, it's good. You've got to keep that. Yeah, yeah, that means a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, they have immense energy and passion, and they're great performers. They sound even better live, I think, actually. Do they do each other's ad-libs live as well and stuff? Yeah, yeah, they they have that kind of back-and-forth style that they have on records, which I think is what makes MOP so great. Two people, one voice. 100% 100% and yeah. it just works so well live so um, definitely MOP for that uh, number two would be Q-Tip at the Roundhouse 2009 um, so think about it Q-Tip had been kind of MIA for a while since releasing Amplified and Commander Abflat got shelved mm-hmm. so I think when he came out with a renaissance which is classic yeah, album Absolutely amazing classic, album. amazing album. Um, I think for anyone who loved that sound, it was a moment of going, oh my God, music like this is coming out again. It felt really good. So when the tickets got released, I was like crazy. I've got, I've got to get these. My name is A Tribe Called Rocks. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've got to go and see him live. Got these tickets, £20 each. I bought five. It's just crazy, like knowing you could see an act of the calibre 
of Q-tip for just twenty pounds. For twenty like, pounds, you, I don't know if those prices would run now in twenty twenty. They, they definitely would, wouldn't. To be honest with you, and like they were twenty pounds. I even sold two of them for about one hundred and twenty because they were so in demand. Hustling. You're a hustler, baby. Indeed, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I, that was an awesome show. And I think it was because he did a mix of tribe songs, a mix of songs um, from Renaissance and his kind of solo career. Um, it was at a roundhouse. It was a really good energy there. And I think my favourite part of it was the fact that he, when he performed Life Is Better, uh, which is a great song, he came out into the crowd, stood Climbed over the rails, got in the crowd, stood there singing Among the it. People. Literally, arms open wide, looking awesome. a bit like Jesus, a bit like Jesus <laughs> at the time. But um, it was awesome. So um, that concert, and I think the third one has got to be Jill Scott at Brixton. Tell me what that was like. Amazing. I cried. I actually cried as she performed. What What album had she just released, or what? What? It was what after piece the words and sounds number three. Is the it, third one. Yeah, the third one. Real okay. thing. Is it a real thing? The real thing, yeah, yes, that's it, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and it was it was just an amazing, amazing performance. She performed songs from across her career. I think when she did He Loves Me, I love that song. Yeah, I was going to um, say. When she did that song it live, is dope, though. But when she did it live, I literally had tears rolling down my face. And not like the <laughs> tears. I was, was going to ask you, was it like weeping and wailing? <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a moment of actual just sonic beauty. It just sounded amazing. Live band? Live band. It was stunning. Her backing singers, everything was just amazing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just a great show. And I think her voice translates very well to live performance. And mm. actually her personality too. She's one of those artists where you kind of perceive her personality through her music. Because she's, right. she's an open book musically. This is true. She's really open. And it definitely comes across on stage. So there was that part that was amazing. And I think the final kind of cherry on top was as I was leaving... This guy comes up to me and he's like, were you in Rio two weeks ago? And I was like, uh, actually, yeah, I was. So I'd actually been in Brazil two weeks before. Stunting. And, uh, so what, from Brazil so this to, guy, to, to Jill Scott? This guy, it turns out, had spotted me on the beach in Copacabana in Brazil and then we're at the same show. And it was just a really weird moment. Do you of- reckon he wanted to move to you? No, no, he was actually gay, so he okay. he, he had no intention of moving. No to intention. Me. No intention. Just wanted at to say all. hello. Yeah, I said, "Me see you still, Messiah." But it was really, really, really cool. It was like this thing of, "Oh wow!" Like it's such a small world. So it just kind of was just another memory that I had. Dope. My top three performers and the top three shows I've been to. Number one, high, 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 high on my list has got to be Little Brother. Oh, they're great. Their show is phenomenal. They've got they're another one like MOP. You've got really great. Uh, synergy and chemistry between pure banter yeah. it's like a rap show Jokes. meets comedy yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts so I saw them at the jazz cafe I think it was just before just before Get Back came out jazz cafe was packed like I've been there so many times but there was just something really 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 tangible mm. that night there was an air of expectancy that I've not felt since and really? I never felt it before that it's like it was like everybody came out that night Yeah, I saw people who I knew would have been there. I'm like, yep, so-and-so's going to be there, so-and-so's going to be there. There were even people that I didn't expect to be there that was there. So it was almost like a, a, an unofficial family reunion. 
when they came on the stage, I had DJ Flash, who was who was on the ones and twos. That's cool. Um, you know, I had to say ones and twos, you know, because I'm old school. <laughs> um, but they came out to Queen. We are the champions. That's and, awesome. And from then, I just know this ain't this ain't gonna be your mm. this ain't gonna be your regular show. Opening song was "Can't Stop Us" from the Unjustice That's for great. All project. And yeah, bro, the show was just they were tight. They had structure and routine which is which is a big thing for me like i mentioned before they did all their vocals you know there was different differences in the ad libs how the intonation the inflection in their voice it was like they came they came to perform and i think whatever they were paid for that show they earned every penny mm. and they should have been paid more i mean when i saw them it was exactly the same it was worth probably twice what we paid mm-hmm. to go they're amazing like absolutely and i'll never forget fonte said two things at the end of the show that stick with me um to this day um when i perform i'm i'm, I'm very big on giving a thousand percent because a lot of people are working in jobs that they may not necessarily enjoy they have to struggle scrape beg borrow steal just to get a, just to get a penny so if these people are going to be out here um, if these people are going to be out here spending their money to come and see you, give them a good show. It's true. Fonte said, if someone comes to perform for you and they don't leave this stage sweating, boo them off the stage. Hmm. He said, boo them out of the building. Unless they have a problem where they can't sweat. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. But boo them anyway. We'll yeah, find out them, afterwards. No yeah. And he also made a good point. He's talking about discoverability and mm. finding music and supporting the acts that you want to support. And he said, you should never look for a gourmet meal in a garbage can. It's true. It's very true. It's two things I remember from that, from that amazing, amazing show I went to. Second on my list, Kirk Franklin. I saw Kirk Franklin and Mary Mary at the, uh, the Indigo O2. And, you know, it's, I don't think it's a surprise. It's not going to be a shock for people to hear that. Kirk Franklin is the ultimate showman. That's awesome. I yeah? mean, it must have been a really good show. It was nuts. He did, like, all the classics. So he did more, He did a lot of the choir-based stuff. Why We Sing and um, so What You're Looking choir? For. So was there a choir? He had his choir with yeah, him. Yeah, backing, backing singers. That's awesome. He ain't going to fly the whole choir out here. You know how much money that is? <laughs> Yeah, what? True. Imagine getting God's property through um, customs. Yeah, that must sound mad. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. And he had Mary Mary there as well. Uh, I remember one of the, the, the girls from Mary Mary, she was singing and she just hit this crazy note and she put her hand on her hip and just walked across the stage while still singing the note. Nonchalant. No effort. <laughs> no effort. Um, yeah, Kurt Franklin was fun. He's uh, lots of dancing. Um, he's just literally having, having fun up there. Kurt Franklin is, I think, one of the greatest songwriters of our generation he's not a singer Mm. but he can definitely headline a show and the way he connects with the crowd talks to you in between the songs and builds the just tells the story it was dope it was dope that's cool i'm gonna go with who am i gonna go with for my third my third act i think it's gonna be boys to men it was a good show it was an amazing show i was so gassed my favorite group of all time Came out there, did the thing, you know, did the dance moves as well. I know you're not a fan of the dance moves. No, I've got to say, I think they were a bit over-rehearsed and maybe they worked in the 90s, but... But you think they're cheesy though, innit? They are a bit cheesy. Then They're not what, what like... What type of cheese? Mm, what type of cheese? They're, basically, they're not, they Jodeci, no, they're not Jodeci. They're not Jodeci. They're not H-Town. They haven't got the grit. Do you know what I mean? You love grit, man. You no, no, no. I don't think you always need what the grit. I, what I love grit. Eh? You love the grittiness. <laughs> but they sound like vocally, they killed it. Pitch perfect. Amazing. Literally, I, I don't think there was a note out of place. Nope, not at all. I like the fact that they, um, I didn't even know they could play guitars. 
Yeah, it was and they awesome. pulled out guitars and they did a cover of um, what song was uh, it? Smells like Teen Spirit. Was Nirvana. It? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a really, really, a really, really good show. Yeah, it was good. And I appreciate you buying the ticket for me. You're very welcome. All good. All good. Let's talk about the worst show you've ever been to. <clears throat> I think it's hard. I Who think was it's- it? No, I think it's hard to Where say was the it? worst the worst show. Say names. Okay. You know like um <laughs> You know that um interview on the Breakfast Club with Monique. Show me their names. Tell me their names. Um, Tell me their names. I think my worst experience was at the Camden Centre, which was a venue I never even knew existed, um, with Talib Kwali. Um and I love Talib, and I was a big fan. Oh, you, I'm, I'm getting side eyes from across the table. Um, I love Talib, and I was really excited to see him live. And this was the kind of era where I was going to concerts every week. Once a week, I'd go to shows. And so I was so excited to see this. Um, and we got there, and first and foremost, Talib took ages to come out. He was, in terms of timekeeping it was really really poor he came out late and then when he did come out he performed i think three songs what songs were they i can't even remember i think he did get by as you should um i, I it honestly that night it's just been wiped out of my mind because it was such a bad night he did three songs mm-hmm. and then he literally said okay guys now um uh, my group are going to perform and then idol warship came out um you know, idol worship. Yeah, 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 of course. I know who they are. Come on, man. Snob, uh, snob 100. Of course. Come on now. Just, just saying it for a Come on now. Don't um, insult me on my podcast. So basically, um, brings them out and everyone was a bit like, uh, we paid £28 to see Talib Kweli. And I remember the price because it really bothered me. We paid £28 to see Talib Kweli. We got three songs and we got to see Idol Warship. Now, I wouldn't have paid £28 to see Idol Warship. I would have paid £15, mm-hmm. maybe. And that sounds really, maybe trivial no, to some money. people. I, I feel you. I but feel you. those rates, just, it just didn't make sense. So but the crowd weren't really engaging with it. So then Talib comes out, stops the music and starts shouting at the crowd. And is like, if I bring someone out, you've got to respect them. Um, like, this is my choice to do a show like this. And he basically was just pissed off at the crowd. And I think that was a really bad way of dealing with things. Because if he'd just been like, hey guys, come on. I brought my band out. They're great. They're awesome. Let's engage with it. It would have been slightly different. But his energy was so, so horrible. Um, anyway, point is... Months later, I tweeted about it, maybe even years, and I said it was my worst show. I think I, I actually mentioned him in my tweet, and mm. he responded straight away, and he goes, that wasn't my fault, that was promoter's fault. So it always been designed as being an idol worship show. Okay. It was not Talib Kweli. It was Talib Kweli Presents. Right. But um, the, the promoters needed the name to sell the show. I mean, who was going to pay 30 quid to go and see Idol Warship? No one, really. Maybe, like, a few... Um, the diehards. Yeah. Yeah, the diehards. But, you know, it wasn't a bad show, like, a really bad show, like, Rez, is it Rez? I think, I don't know how you pronounce it, it Reese or Rez, Rez, but I know who you're talking Rez, about, Rez. Yeah? yeah? Her version of Ice King Live was amazing. Um, like, there were moments of the night which were really awesome, but... Overall, I think everyone just left underwhelmed mm. and kind of disappointed. And I think that's something that you never want from a live show is to feel underwhelmed or disappointed. You want to leave True. feeling like, oh, I got what I wanted or I got more than I wanted. And we all left feeling shortchanged that night. Are you okay about it now? <sighs> I've dealt with it. <laughs> I've gotten past it. I've got a controversial pick what? for my worst show. 
And it's not because the performer, or here I come with the disclaimers, it's not because the performance was bad. I think it was more the venue and the people at the show. Mm. Jay-Z. Oof. At the O2. At the O2. Yep. And when? Um, this might have been, I think, three, three or four years ago. I think, yeah. what album was out at the time? Well, I guess what you're... I think it was just before, just before Magna Carta dropped. So it's kind of like you've not seen Jay-Z as just a great rapper. You've ended up seeing him as a superstar. Yeah. And you saw him in Superstar Stadium. Yeah, like a little dot on a massive stage. I was no, way at the you. back. Because um, I'm a diehard, like a diehard Jay-Z fan, I think... That was the night when I realised that he has different tiers of fans. So I'm the penthouse fan, innit? No, flip mm. it around. I'm like ground floor, lobby. Mm. I was there from like the early days. Mm. Then you have the mid-range, which is like, you know, hard knock life, yeah, um, big pimping, kind of, those yeah. types of people. And then you have, um, you know, onto the next one, blueprint, blueprint three, um, the Blueprint three crowd. So when I was there, it was just, it was just massive. It just didn't feel intimate. Yeah. Um, just couldn't connect. It was just really chaotic for me. Yeah, I think it's. I think going to larger venues is not for everyone. I know for me, I don't like larger venues. I think yeah. the only artist I've ever seen in a larger venue and I enjoyed it was Usher. Um, and that's because I knew it would be a show. And I knew but then it'd be Usher's really... like a dancer. Like at least I oh, think yeah. Usher would be a, you know, a, a visually stimulating act to watch. 100% from his clothes he wore and it was like confessions time yeah it was an amazing amazing show but i can imagine if you're a jay-z fan of him as a rapper and he had no hype man as well i think who was on who was on the is the he had timberland it was timberland timberland was the dj oh that's cool yeah at least that's quite cool to have had that was a nice plus but i think that you kind of get to a stage where if you really love music you're not really bothered up the kind of being in a big venue mm. you just want to see your favorite artists perform and you and you probably won't even get to hear the songs you want to hear yeah so i'm a again i'm a, I'm a day one jay-z fan so i remember my, my, my boy gordon was there and we made a bet um i lost the bet i said to him you, you do you reckon he's gonna do you don't know and he was like yeah of course he's gonna do it and i'm like nah he's not gonna do it this ain't the crowd for that what was the first song you performed? You don't turn know. my music high, high, and we just lost our mind. We like we was like turn my music high, high, and people are just looking at us like like we're crazy. I swear, I swear, when he did Dead Presidents, I was the only person reciting the lyrics. Mm. Me, me, that's and a people damn look, shame. And people just looking at me like, what's wrong with this guy? That's and then afterwards, like, on to the next one. That's that's when they perked up again. Were you the music elitist that yes. night? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Snob level 2000. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind I, of... I was looking at people like with pity. I, I guess that is just representative of the fact that you should not be going to shows like that no. ever again. If Jay-Z does a show, like it, it would be my dream if Jay-Z does a, a 25th anniversary show for Reasonable Doubt mm. at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I yeah. would get on a plane for that. Yeah. Definitely. Smaller venues for me are... I just feel like I'm, I'm connecting with the artist a lot more and it just feels a lot more special. Yeah, me too. Small venues all day. Who are the three artists, dead or alive, that you would want to see perform? Um, okay, number one... Be careful now. Why? What? Why are you threatening me? For I'm what? I'm just saying be careful, you know, when the Remy's in the system, you know, in, in this case, I've got Jack Daniels in the system, so I start to get a bit aggressive. Okay. So be careful. I'm glad you're across the table then. <laughs> uh, number one is Prince... I think Prince 
here's his whole persona, his whole Prince Element. Prince Element. His whole his whole element. Sing R. about R. the moon and the stars and the creator. Peter Tosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Prince, I think he would translate what he does. He did translate really well on stage, mm. you know, just visually looking at him, his style, his energy. I think that would have been awesome. And also, swaggy. And also as a musician, you know, he played so many instruments. Mm. I think it would have been a really, really good show. Agreed. He's, he's on my list too, actually. So number one would be Prince. Number two is, you know, I've seen a lot of hip hop artists uh, through the years, but it pains me that I never got to see Mob Deep. Um, you know, I love Prodigy as well. Yeah, rest in peace. So I think that would have been a really, really awesome show to see them together. I know now they've got Noid doing uh, his bars. But, it can't you know, be the same. I mean, of course, Noid always, to me, is a part of Mob Deep. Definitely, um, definitely. You know, he's a staple, but he, you can't do P's voice. You can't sound like him. Like, we, you're not P, Let basically. this sink in, yeah? We will never see Shook Ones, ones. performed oh. in the flesh. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. So I guess I would have loved, I would love to have seen like the infamous and hell on earth. Mm. Like that for me would have been like the best little show. What was that sound effect you just did? <laughs> what, what's that supposed to mean? It's a bit like all like sucked into one, like just, just one show of those. those. Such a weirdo, man. I am a weirdo. Um, and then my third show I would love to have seen, um, and you know, they're, they're all alive, but it's more about the time we're in. I think Jodeci at their peak, I think they'd have done an awesome show. Their show must have been grimy. Full of women, I guess. Yes. Um, Beer pregnancies. Child support tour. <laughs> child support. <laughs> the child support tour. I know what freaking you did to my generation. Oh, gosh. Everybody got pregnant i would have loved to have seen them up until uh yeah when freaking you came out that was the third album isn't third it? album yeah. yeah um yeah. i think that would have been a great show and you know they were vocalists too not all of them but you know obviously between casey and jojo uh that they were fantastic vocalists and mm-hmm. you had you'd have dan mr dalvin running around dancing and doing the little the rapping keeping um, the female contingent happy and Devonte swing they all mm-hmm. they all love Devonte too i think it would have been a really good show mm-hmm. um, agreed agreed yeah so those are my top three so prince was on my list as well yeah um on my list is michael jackson mm. for obvious reasons um Michael Jackson, consummate performer. I think. Yeah. I just think Summit seen him um, live, and he was like, it was one of the best experiences of his life. I, Michael Jackson would give you more than music. It would be the showmanship, the 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 lasers, the lights, the flying, the backflips. It would be all of that. I agree. I think it would be an amazing show, and you know, I would love to have seen him live. The only thing I would not want to have seen live was him bringing out those little kids. Yeah, no, we, 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 can't, we can't rock with that. No, no, we got, no, we got, we no, got. No, we're not, we're not, we're not co-signed. In our show with Michael Jackson, that's not no, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can't. No, let, let them stay at home. Let them stay at home. But yeah, Michael Jackson. I was gutted. I was gutted that I didn't get to to see him live because he was he, he was on my bucket list. Um, yeah, Michael Jackson. I don't even want to see a hologram. It's, it's too much. What's your no. thoughts on holograms? Uh, I'm not with it really I'm really not with it I think it's an... Okay Where is the money going to When you're paying to see For example Let's say I was paying to see Tupac perform mm-hmm. And I got a hologram Right Who's getting paid for his image? The people who create the hologram Yeah It should go to his family I, I would like to think 
some of the money would go to their family, but you know, you, you, we're dealing with greed and capitalism, isn't it? Yeah, so, I see it. I'm I'm not with it. So I I don't want to see a hologram. I think it's lame, and you know, I think it's all engineered. I don't like that. Um, and I'm not paying for some random guy in the office to get paid off of Tupac's image or I don't know, Guru or whoever mm. for that matter. Yeah, I'm with you. James Brown mm, is on my that list been as well. Great. Um, get up, get on up, dashing the cape off. You know, yeah, just in his, in his high fun. shoes and, you know, doing... It, yeah, it would be a fun show. Mm. It would definitely be a fun show to watch. And I've got one more to add to the list. Mm-hmm. For some reason, mm. I really want to see Camp Low live. <sighs> Me too. I would put on a silk shirt. Yeah. And some swaggy trousers. Yeah. A and gold chain. Yeah, platforms. Some, <laughs> a gold chain. You come out black quotation style, Standard basically. Standard Richard Roundtree, mate. And I'll, I'll have my little chest hair popping out the top of the shirt. So it's interesting you say that because, as you know, mm, I had. At, the stunt. I had at one point been speaking to them and could have brought them out here. But I didn't have the money. Tell, tell, tell our four listeners how you dropped the ball. I didn't have the money. But you have a rich uncle. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that he's going to give me money. Should have asked. Yeah, pride and pride and shame. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Let's put together um, our festival. What's it called? <sighs> Since we just mentioned Prince mm. and Peter Tosh, mm. we're going to call it that Prince Element Festival. I would but pay to go to that festival just so off I. the name. So just would off, I. So would and, I. And you'd have to have little... Um, Voice clips of Peter Tosh Absolutely. all the way throughout. But you'd have to say it in a certain way. You can't just say, the I'm Prince going to the Ele- Prince Element show. No, you're going to that Prince Element. Mm. You have to say Element. Element. Who's on your list? Um, okay, so I did things slightly non-conventionally. Basically, you cheated, but go ahead. Mm, who knows if I cheated or I didn't cheat. Maybe you cheated too. I know everything. What, you've been yeah? for my notes, yeah? I know everything. Okay, so... Come here now, that Prince Element. Uh, the first... Uh, act i would have on my list would be new edition um and Good choice it, it would be everyone from new edition including johnny of course you can't have oh, johnny's voice is amazing you know this you know um, this and i know that sounds really weird but i'd want it to be so you could have new edition you could have bobby brown doing his set with all his solo work you're trying to make this money stretch isn't it yeah you'd have <laughs> bell biff devoe ralph tresvant johnny gill all of them will be doing their own little things as well as just uh, new edition performing so i think that would be my first act which is actually a number of acts i'm exploiting them i'd pay them good money though you know i wouldn't actually exploit them um number two would be patrice russian great shout yeah great great shout love her oh i love her you know love her uh her music is amazing she also a bit like it's a bit like the female prince mm. she'd perform across so many instruments i think that would be awesome to see and she's got classics think about this forget me not everyone knows forget remind me not. Me. remind me you know her uh, straight from the heart album Pizzazz. love that album yeah, yeah that's, my, that's my that's my album yeah yes. i think it would be really amazing live so patrice russian would represent for the ladies um and then i'm thinking i would have native tongues the whole squad yeah so we're thinking what de la soul we're thinking tribe called quest talking uh black sheep mm-hmm um, Jungle Brothers Beat Nuts Beat Nuts Yeah so we could bring out um, Native Tongues affiliated Like the wider Chiali circle and all Chiali, them, Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I think it would be A really good show Just those guys um, Representing mostly The East Coast you, you, you do know that With the acts you're mentioning 
you couldn't have this in one day, innit? Yeah, well, it hasn't got to be one day. It could okay. be, like, across three days. No, this can't even do three days. This like, could be, like... Tri- tribe can have their own day. Let's let let's just stick with my plan. Okay, all right, you um, go ahead. My next act would be um, Dungeon Family. Um, you know I love Southern hip-hop. Yes, I know. So I'm, I'm very I'm very aware of this. So... I think it would be really awesome to have them, like, you know, Outcast and, like, Goody Mob and a bit of Sleepy Brown cool coming in. and their man there. Oof. I think it would be... Um, just, like, I guess it balances out the native tongues and it brings this other side of hip-hop that I think does get slept on a lot. Yeah, good point. Um, and then my final act, and I think probably be the headline act... Make it strong. Earth, Wind and Fire. Because everyone loves Earth, Wind and Fire. Ooh. And if you don't love Earth, Wind and Fire, then you can naff off. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Because they've it got so many classics. Can't hide from love. Yeah, oh God. Oh my, that, I betcha. You know what? I love the D'Angelo version of that from when he performed at Jazz Cafe. That is my favourite live album, by the way. Is what it? Is, yeah, 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 yeah. My favourite live album is Tremaine Hawkins. Oh. She's a gospel singer. Oh. So, yeah, she did an album. I don't know who that is. She, she actually did a, she did a live album. It was recorded in Oakland. Um, and this is when I knew Tremaine Hawkins. So Tremaine Hawkins is part of the Hawkins family, obviously. Mm. She's married to Walter Hawkins, who's a gospel legend. Mm. His brother, Edwin, wrote Oh Happy Day. Oh wow! So okay, Edwin so Haw- she she goes deep. Yeah, Edwin Edwin Hawkins was very responsible for kind of spearheading contemporary gospel and like bringing in no pop R and B and soul elements. So yeah, Tremaine Tremaine Live was recorded in 1990, and Jesse Jackson did the intro. Oh wow! So I remember even being as uh, being a kid, Jesse Jackson doing the intro. Jesse Jesse Jackson don't leave the house for everybody, hmm. and that's when I knew yeah, Tremaine was the truth. So that's my favorite favorite live album. It sounds like a good album to interview. I'll play it for you one day. Yeah, fingers crossed. Anyway, going back to Earth and then Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think yeah they played uh, can't can't hide love. Uh, anything from Brazilian rhyme. Their classics like Boogie Wonderland, Summer Madness, Boogie Winter Wonderland. Sadness. I think it'll be such an September. Think about think about yeah. all those songs. Yeah, yeah. People pay for that. Yeah, I agree. It's a good list. I know. Good list. Good I list. Know. My list will include, I'd have a DJ because I need someone to anchor the whole night and it would have to be someone who has a knowledge of music or across different genres, years, styles, labels. I'd pick D-Nice. Ooh, that's a good one. D-Nice has, I think he's reinvented himself again during this quarantine. He Mm. did an amazing club quarantine uh, DJ set on Instagram Live. He had like Michelle Michelle Obama was in there. Mark Zuckerberg was in there as well, Joe Biden. So D-Nice would be someone great who could bring out, you know, the 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 important people yeah. in society. That's when I cool. say important people, I'm not saying that these people are the most important, but they have a certain gravitas. I was going to say, what are you going to say about us? No, 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 no. We make this thing move. But yeah, he he could bring out people with gravitas yeah. and clout and he knows his music. So I like the idea of a DJ, D-Nice. that's cool. Because of my gospel background... I would have to have a, a, a gospel act. There's a few gospel acts that I could have brought out. I could have brought out Keith Dobbins and the Resurrection Mass Choir. I could Sounds have like a very serious... I've seen them live. Resurrection They're mass, very serious. Not They're, even any choir. No, mass, mass. Mass Choir, yeah. I could have brought out um, Bishop Wagner. Wow, and the, Mount, and the Mount Calvary Concert Choir. Rest in Woo. peace to Bishop Wagner. I've seen him live too. It's one of my, my mum bridging. Um, a gospel act, Milton Brunson... 
and the Thompson Community Singers. Now, let's just pause there with that name yep. because anyone called Milton yep. is He's serious. a serious man. He, and, had, he, and, had, a, he had a grey box beard. Oof, that's even more Very serious. So serious. levels have gone up. Yes. And then, if on top of that, we add as a community choir. Singers, not, not, say, oh, not singers. Singers. The community singers. See, I think whenever they say in a gospel group that they're a community group, community singer, community choir, you know that the levels... Bust your head. Yeah, yeah. The levels are crazy. They're coming to bust your head with the vocals. And I would have to have their choir director, who is the most legendary choir director of all time, Mr. Tyrone Block. Are these the kind of guys that would have those VHSs that you'd watch back in the day? Absolutely. And they'd all I've be there. I've never seen these. I've never... So to this day, I have never seen Tyrone Block in DVD qualities. Just wow. VHS. Wow. The singers were so dope. You don't even need to know what their names are. You don't <laughs> know their names. They were just dope. They just mash up the dance. Might every to, single time. I have to watch some of them. Who else would I have? Anita Baker. Ooh, yeah, that would have been um, Game Changer. Yeah, just get her to do um, the Rapture album and I'm yeah, good. Yeah, I'd be good. And um, what's that song she did on um, the Giving It All I Got album? Um, I want to know what real love, love feels yeah, 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 like. A, yeah, that tune. That's such a tune. Yeah, love that tune. She'd have to do that one just for me as well. But it would be key and very important that she performs Barefoot. Oh, what, like the Rapture album yes. cover? Yes, <laughs> If I see one pair of shoes on her foot, I'd be like, no, no. i say, no, go Anita, back, go stop, back. stop. But take off your shoes, them. I don't, I don't want to see one high heel. I don't want to see one flip-flop. I don't want to see no one boot. clog. Yeah, clog. It's a barefoot thing. Make sure your toes, them, is painted and come out and mash up the dance. <laughs> the barge. Ooh, yeah. I think Team light skin forever. And you know, the great thing about DeBarge is if you think about it in the way that rocks, the rock exploitation way, mm. um, you could have DeBarge, you'd have El DeBarge doing his bit, Chico DeBarge doing his little set. It'd mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. And I know I said team light skin forever. I'm not really trying to draw color lines, but when it comes to the light skin contingent, DeBarge. Yeah, I, I didn't really the comment barge. on the team light skin bit. I'm not really getting involved in that conversation right now. Why not? Nah. It's not really the one. But you know, look at me, man. I'm dark and lovely, man. You know, you yeah. know what side I'm on. You know what side I'm on. I hope so. <laughs> but I would have to put the barge in there. Yeah, I'd I think they'd be, the and, and, they're, and they're a great vocalist. And yeah. I think they they always translated well live. When bangers of the bangers of the bangers mm. of the bangers. Just, I like it would be... Um, what was the name of Homeboy, the, um, the head of the family? What was his El. name? Yeah, him. Yeah, Elder Barge. Yeah, his, 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 his pen game is mad. Shout out to Paul Eyre. Oh yeah, he's a massive fan, um, isn't he's it? He's a big fan yes. of, of Elder Barge and got us on one of his albums. It's actually quite quite good. Yeah, I would have to have the barge on there. The whole family. The whole of them. The whole of them. Last on my list, and definitely not least, I'd have to bring someone who can do a bit of um, you know, the the showmanship side in the sense of the massive lights, the grandiose Ooh. explosions and Who are you, you know, thinking? Puffy and the Ooh. bad boy family. And the family. The family. Hold on. So you were ready Not to family. call... Not family. Family. You were ready to call me a cheat when you were going to bring out a whole label. Yes. Bring out all of them. The whole label. The label. Bring out the cleaners, the Double A&R. Standards. All of them. All of them. That would be dope though. Can you imagine Puffy, Mace, Total. 112. Dig up Craig Mack. Biggie. Carl Lux. Thomas. What? Woo. Bring Dream. I always wondered with Dream because Puffy was known for his shiny suits and he got them wearing shiny latex suits. When they sang He um He Loves Me Not, Not yeah. over the full cooperation beat from Death Squad. 
mm, fire, pure fire emoji. So yeah, bring Puffy, um, but I'll handle the money because he might not pay them. It's true. I, I wouldn't really <laughs> no, want to. I'm joking. I've got love for Puffy. I wouldn't really want to see Puffy perform. I'm not really. I would. No. Some I, of them songs on um, No Way Out. No, I, th- I like. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the thing the life no, is showing I don't want to see him dancing, basically. No, you've got to see him dance. like a really annoying uncle. No, I'm here for that. No, I'm here I, for I'm, that. I, I'm tired of I'm seeing. I'm here for that. Did 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 Let the man dance. Let the man dance. That song should be made illegal. What? Diddy? Yeah. It's a terrible song. You're a deaf ute, man. <laughs> You're a deaf ute. Let's wrap this up. It was good. Did you enjoy go, it? I, I mean, I'd go to that festival. What, the um, the Prince Element Festival? Yeah. We should pitch that idea to someone with some money. Yeah. Nah. It's not Why work. not, man? Nah. Those guys aren't going to come out. They come out for the right price? Yeah, and they'll come out and fall off the stage, probably. <laughs> Before we go, let our listeners know where they can find you on the socials. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at a tribe called Rocks R O X, um, and that is pretty much where I linger. I'm mostly on Instagram, posting nonsensical stories. Okay, and you can find Breaking Atoms um, at Break the Atoms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please reach out and let us know what your favorite live shows have been, your favorite performers, and who you would have on the lineup for the uh, the, the Prince Element festival hmm. roxy is going to join us again soon i hope am i yep oh it's only by force because actually if, I, if you had it your way i wouldn't be involved why would you say such a thing it's just quarantine that's making this happen no man you're you're a friend of the show man you did it's your true. thing man you I did your the thing. show i found the you show did your thing. thanks for listening we'll be back soon peace <laughs>